You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, guys? It is Monday, June 3rd, 2019. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. As Lil John and Captain Obvious tell you, be there, do that, get rewarded. So since we last spoke, the Phillies were swept this weekend by the Los Angeles Dodgers. They've now lost four games in a row after uh, what, what was a very good month of May overall. They lost their, fir- their final game in May and then their first two games in the month of June. They did also make a trade over the weekend, which we'll get to in a bit. But uh, yesterday's game obviously is going to be heavily discussed in I think the lazy narrative about yesterday is going to surround Gabe Kapler pulling Nick Pavetta early. And the decision to pull Nick Pavetta early, I don't think, is what should be focused on. Uh, Nick Pavetta, in, in his second start back from AAA, was excellent. He used just 82 pitches to get through six innings. He struck out nine Dodgers. He certainly could have pitched another inning, and I, I don't know beyond that. Maybe he could have pitched two innings. The problem is Rich Hill was also excellent for the Dodgers, and with two outs in the top of the seventh, Pavetta's spot came up in the lineup, and Gabe Kapler unfortunately had to decide to pinch hit there, and I I believe that was the correct decision. It didn't work out, but you have runners on first and second against a team that is one of the best teams in the sport. You haven't been able to get offense going all day, and that's your chance to potentially drive in a run and win the game 1-0 or 2-0. And uh, Gabe Kapler took that chance, and sometimes that works out. Yesterday was not one of those times. To say that decision backfired I think would be an understatement, but to me it speaks more to the NL not having the DH, and I'm moderate on the DH. I see both sides to the argument, but I think people that are pro or anti-DH, excuse me, don't see the side or they don't consider the side of, Well, when a pitcher's cruising, they get to stay in the game. And that's what we saw yesterday. We saw it in play last year in an American League park at Fenway Park when Aaron Nola was cruising. His spot came up. I think the Phillies were up 1-0 in the seventh inning. And, or his spot didn't come up because pitchers don't bat in the American League. Had his spot come up, the Phillies probably would have been forced to pinch hit for him and said he was able to stay in the game. Well, yesterday, obviously, being at Dodger Stadium, was in a National League park, so Nick Pavetta's spot came up, and you could have had Nick Pavetta go in there and likely strike out or ground out, and people would have criticized Gabe Kapler for that. And uh, he chose not to do that. Instead, I think he made the right decision in pinch hitting for uh, Nick Pavetta, and uh, as unfortunate as it may be, considering Pavetta clearly could have gone at least one more inning, uh, that decision didn't work out, and the Phillies don't have a great bench, which is one of the reasons they made a trade over the weekend, because instead, Phil Goslin struck out, and with Pavetta out of the game, the Phillies bullpen trio of Vince Velasquez, Edgar Garcia, and Yaxel Rios imploded. What is worth second-guessing, I think, in this case, and maybe Gabe will say something um, after this podcast is recorded regarding this, but J.D. Hammer didn't come in and pitch, and I'm not sure why. I know he doesn't have a ton of Major League experience yet, and I also recognize that the Phillies are going to San Diego starting today to face a Padres team that's above 500. But Edgar Garcia, as much as I like his slider, him and Yaxel Rios almost certainly wouldn't be on this major league roster if not for the Phillies having nearly an entire bullpen worth of injuries. And Vince Velasquez, it may be too early to say that about as a reliever, but since a strong first appearance in Milwaukee, 
he has not been effective. And yesterday was a continuation of that. He allowed the first run in the seventh inning, which was a home run by David Freese, who had two home runs in the series. I do think it's fair in this series to ask how game three would have gone differently had the Phillies had a healthy bullpen. Because, as I just pointed out, Edgar Garcia and Yaxel Rios would be at AAA Lehigh Valley, and maybe you would have gone to Vince Velasquez, but as much as Velasquez got himself in some trouble, he only gave up one run in his inning. So you weren't completely out of the game until you allowed seven more the next inning, and that's really when it pushed you out. That was the inning that Garcia and Rios pitched. And even in game two... When uh, Hector Neris allowed a walk-off home run to Will Smith after, I know 20,000 people have pointed this out, but how crazy is it to have a series between Philadelphia and Los Angeles, the two cities that Fresh Prince is involved in, and have Will Smith walk up to the Fresh Prince theme song and hit a walk-off home run against the Phillies? Like, obviously in Philadelphia you don't root for that, but it is kind of one of those moments where you have to, you, you, the irony couldn't go over your head even if you were disappointed after that game. But Hector Neris was in that game, and he historically has struggled quite a bit at Dodger Stadium. He's had a very good season overall this year. But I'm not sure if he's in a tie game. If Pat Neshek or Tommy Hunter or Dubre Ramos, any of them are healthy, they may be in that game instead. So that, that second game, it may be a little bit more of a stretch to make that case. In the third game, I don't think it's a stretch at all. And the, the Phillies have been a, kind of able to skate, and I think... Gabe Kapler, for the most part, has done a good job over the last month of managing the fact that a majority of his starters aren't giving him a ton of innings, and his bullpen literally has five legitimate MLB relievers on the injured list right now, and Victor Arano, it appears, is going to be out for the season, but you have some really talented arms on that injured list, and they've been able to do it. Well, they went and faced a Dodgers team that's the best team in the National League and has played in the World Series consecutive years for a reason, and they exposed that. So despite this weekend series, I, I think a lot of people are going to look at this sweep and say, wow, the Phillies are just they're a good team. Maybe they'll win a, uh, the National League East, but they're pretenders. I don't think that. Um, Friday reminded me, and not that I didn't know this, that the Phillies do not have a legitimate number two starter. Jake Arrieta maybe paid like a number one, but he allowed five runs and ten hits in five innings. There have been occasions this year and occasions last year where Jake Arrieta shows flashes of being a guy that can be a number three starter. For the most part, though, he hasn't come close to being Jake Arrieta in Chicago. And I don't think people expected that. I don't think the Phillies expected that when they signed him, but I think they expected more than what they've gotten, which is why you hear so much discussion about Madison Bumgarner, about Marcus Stroman, about... Mike Miner, go down the list, Zach Granke, Robbie Ray, of pitchers that the Phillies could potentially add because that is clearly a spot. Early in the season, I think the Phillies were able to overcome Aaron Nola struggling. Aaron Nola is now Aaron Nola again, or close to it, and the rest of the rotation has been inconsistent since doing that. And look, we haven't even gotten to the fact that they use an opener Saturday. And I know the fact that they use an opener was kind of just by necessity that an injury cropped up with Zach Eflin last minute and Cole Irvin had already pitched a little bit on Wednesday, so he probably couldn't take a full workload. The opener actually worked out pretty well. They didn't win the game, but Jose Alvarez got through two innings and uh, the, the Phillies held the Dodgers to only four runs in that game. So that'll be something interesting to monitor going forward. But what this series really showed me, getting back to that, is that they need at least one more starting pitcher. And over the final two days, it really reminded you that 
You know, they may have been able to have success with some injuries in the bullpen, but they're going to need to improve that bullpen. And some of that is going to come internally with getting guys back healthy. And some of that, I believe, is going to come this month. Some of it may have to come externally, though, and that's a, an interesting discussion the Phillies are going to have to have this month uh, as we get more into trade season. The brand new podcasting app Himalaya has every single podcast you love listening to, including Locked On Phillies, and it is free and super easy to use. Locked On Phillies is also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. BlueChew.com is also a sponsor of today's show. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever a moment arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants to add extra function to enhance their performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy line, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Phillies listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, and your first shipment is free when you use our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB to try it free. BlueChew is the better, faster, and cheaper choice. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. So Saturday news broke that the Phillies, uh, it came from a variety of sources, that the Phillies were nearing a deal to acquire outfielder Jay Bruce from the Seattle Mariners. It became official early in Sunday's game. I think Bruce's power alone, and he has excellent isolated power numbers this year, that's going to be an upgrade over Nick Williams. He's not a particularly effective defender, but he's certainly not going to be a downgrade defensively over Williams. So I, I also think... This move, whether it specifically pushes Williams off the roster right now, and off the roster could mean a variety of things. I would tend to think it means back to AAA Lehigh Valley, but I don't know that for sure. Um, I think Nick Williams is at the point where it, it makes sense for all parties for a change of scenery. I don't think he's a starter on a contending major league team, but some, and uh, including him, think that he hasn't been given enough chance to prove that. Personally, I, I think he has some maturing to do. He says a lot of stuff that should be said to your friends in private. He says that in public. Last year, he had the quote about well, early in the, literally the first week of the season when he hadn't been starting. He said, oh, I guess the computers didn't put me in the lineup. Like, that can be a joke you make offhand to your friends or even teammates, but to make it publicly, especially that early in the, early in the season, didn't make a lot of sense. And then two weeks ago, we talked about the excellent story in The Athletic that Matt Gell broke, where he was talking to Nick Williams after Williams had been demoted to AAA, and Williams was kind of puzzled. And in one sense, I think he was right in saying that, well, what's kind of the point of going back to AAA and getting starts if I'm going to come back to the major leagues and be a pinch hitter, which is what he's going to be considering he can't play center field and the Phillies of Andrew McCutcheon and Bryce Harper in the two out the two corner outfield positions. But the idea that he w he had accomplished so much in the major leagues that he was guaranteed uh, a major league roster spot when he was hitting under 150, it, it came off as borderline delusional. And... Uh, 
regardless of Nick Williams, I, I think the trade for Jay Bruce turned out to be a steal, and that wasn't my initial reaction when hearing about it. But even if the Phillies don't get a ton out of Jay Bruce, there's not a whole lot of risk here. The Mariners are reportedly going to pay 18 of the $21 million he's owed through 2020. If it's a complete disaster, which I don't really expect it to be, but if for whatever reason the Phillies decide, you know, we don't want him on the roster in 2020, I don't think you necessarily have to. You're paying him $3 million combined over two years. So could you eat $1.75 million? Absolutely. Um, in any case, you have someone for the interim that is going to be an upgrade over Nick Williams and is going to upgrade your bench. And this is another deal where Jerry DePoto, the Mariners general manager, who once upon a time was Matt Klintak's boss when both were with the Angels, he just kind of seemed eager to make a trade just because. To move Jay Bruce, you were going to have to eat some money. And they kind of knew that when they took him on in the they took him on in the deal that allowed them to move off of Robinson Cano. So that's why they took him on. And I, I don't think that it was wrong of them to take on some money, but to take on over 85% of the money he was owed, it just seems strange because there's almost two months before the trade deadline. So what what was the rush? Like, you could have gotten this deal two days before the trade deadline. In the meantime, maybe somebody gets a little more desperate and says, take on $12 million and we'll take on eight like or nine i guess it would be but uh i i don't get the deal necessarily from the mariners perspective they're going to get 23 year old third base prospect jake shiner who was a fourth round pick a couple years ago i know some outlets were a little higher on him than others but mlb pipeline did not have him as a top 30 phillies prospect at the beginning of the season so yeah i don't get the sense this is going to be one of those trades where you look back and say how did the phillies get rid of jake shiner especially considering at least at this time, the the top overall prospect in the organization, Alec Bohm, is a third baseman. Now, from the Mariners' perspective, I, I guess you get a lottery ticket, but it was kind of like taking Carlos Santana's whole deal back last offseason in the Gene Segura trade. Santana's actually having a good bounce-back season, but he's doing it for the Indians because after taking that back, Jerry DePoto flipped him again for Edwin Encarnacion. So my confusion with Jerry DePoto aside... Jay Bruce has 300 career home runs. He's actually made as many all-star teams as Jimmy Rollins, which is pretty remarkable. And he absolutely profiles to me as someone who could change an important game, whether it's in August or September or the playoffs or maybe both, with one swing. And that's important, I think. Having that type of guy in March isn't that important. Having that type of guy in the postseason, as the Phillies saw with Matt Stairs, is hugely important. So they get that, and it does sound like for for the time being, with Odubel Herrera out of the picture right now, and perhaps out of the picture as far as the Phillies are concerned forever, we'll see what happens in that situation. It does sound like he'll play some left field against right-handed pitchers. I don't love the idea of Andrew McCutcheon playing center field at this stage of his career. Well, it's because I fear it's going to wear him down and because there's a reason he's not a center, a center fielder anymore because defensive metrics and the eye test showed that he took a step back there. But right now, that may be your best option. And certainly, I think it's a better option than having Nick Williams in left field. So, Jay Bruce is going to join the Phillies this evening as they head to Petco Park, which in my opinion is one of the nicest stadiums in the sport. It was also the site of Reese Hoskins' first three major league home runs, so perhaps 
Uh, he'll be able to get hot in this series. He had, he had a couple days where he had home runs in back-to-back days. But other than that, he has uh, struggled over the last few weeks. The Padres had a hot start to this season, but they've come back down to earth again. Uh, Among teams with winning records in baseball, they easily have the worst run differential, which obviously is not an indicator that you're going to be able to stay successful. And Fernando Tatis Jr., the shortstop, who's one of the top five prospects in baseball, uh, he has had a good start to his major league career, but he's on the injured list, so the Phillies do not expect to see him in this series. Still, though, the Padres have Manny Machado, who you know, I don't need to tell you about Manny Machado. Eric Hosmer in his second year in San Diego is having somewhat of a bounce-back season. And Chris Paddock, if you haven't had a chance to see him, he has been excellent for the Padres this season. He will start on Tuesday night against the Phillies. Tonight, though, Aaron Nola will get the ball for the Phillies coming off a month of May where he posted a 2.73 ERA and six starts. And despite a brutal April, he's 6-0 and on the season. Uh, meanwhile, the Phillies are going to see yet another lefty. Eric Lauer is going to pitch for the Padres. He's 23 years old, and he does have a 4.45 ERA this season, which certainly doesn't jump off the page. But over his last three starts, he has a 1.50 ERA, so he's been good recently. And this will be a nice test for the Phillies tonight. So I do want to remind you, you can listen to Locked on Phillies on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, which is free to download, easy to use. I listen to all my podcasts on there. Today's show was also brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. You can follow me on Twitter, at Tim Kelly Sports, and read my work on Phillies Nation and 94WIP.com. I'll see you guys tomorrow.